It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, we welcome you in. It is episode number 226 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you hear the voice go in and out a little bit or sound a little bit funky or strange, it's because allergies are hitting hard. Been struggling with them for about a month, but today, as I record this, the worst day, and I've already done a four-hour radio show, so the old voice doesn't have much left. So we're going to get try and get through this as quickly as we can. Hopefully we keep it a little bit shorter uh, than normal, uh, which can be good and bad for you. But we do have interesting news and I guess big breaking news on the eve as I record this Thursday night here on the East Coast of rookie minicamp as Redskins rookies officially reported to Redskins Park in Ashburn, Virginia for rookie minicamp. Eight of the ten Redskins draft picks in the draft that was just completed less than two weeks ago have now signed their initial rookie contract. That's right. Here's the eight. Dwayne Haskins, number 15 overall. Then we skip ahead to fourth-round pick and running back Bryce Love. We'll get into why we skipped ahead after that. And then everyone else taken in line, offensive lineman Wes Martin out of Indiana, and Ross Piercebarker uh, out of Alabama, linebacker Cole Holcomb from North Carolina, edge pass rusher Jordan Brailford from Oklahoma State, wide receiver Kevin Kelvin Harmon uh, out of NC State, and, of course, cornerback Jimmy Moreland from JMU, James Madison University, all signing their deals as usual, terms of the deals uh, not disclosed. But there's a rookie slotting system. It is pretty much predetermined. There is some contractual language, like offset-type things that get worked into some of these deals. Some of them don't have them. Some of them do have them. Uh, It's boring. I'm not going to waste any time with the uh, technical stuff. But what you need to know is that as of this recording, again, late Thursday night, it doesn't mean that it won't happen on Friday or Saturday or perhaps Monday. The Redskins... Entire draft class outside of fellow first-round pick, edge linebacker Montez Sweat from Mississippi State, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, the third-round pick. They have though outside of those two guys, everyone has signed. Those two guys have not signed their initial rookie deals, and here's essentially what I think will be the holdup here. And it's nothing major. It's nothing major. I would be willing to bet Montez Sweat's agent probably wants, again, some of this offset language uh, if the Redskins are holding out on that, and I'm not sure if they are or not. I'm not suggesting that they are. That would be about the only thing, maybe a little bit of structure, because most of these things, again, are slotted and defined and are pretty easy to do. Hence the reason why you had eight Redskins rookies agreeing to their deals because, again, there isn't a whole lot of negotiation. As far as 
third-round pick Terry McLaurin. Again, third-round picks under the current CBA have always been a tricky, tricky issue. I highly suggest uh, you go to NFLcontractmetrics.com and my buddy J.I. Halsell, uh, who you can also follow at SalaryCap101. J.I. was a salary cap analyst for the Washington Redskins and executive a long time ago. Uh, and also served with Priority Sports under Mike McCartney, which was Kirk Cousins' representation agency, and also was a certified NFLPA agent. Uh, He's gone out of the agent representation business into a real-life situation, but he also still runs, again, uh, NFLcontractmetrics.com. I would highly suggest that you go uh, check out his website because he does uh, a great job keeping up Uh, with all of this stuff. But he has explained this to me several times over the course of the last few years, and and I still, quite honestly, don't really get it, but I'll try and do my best to explain it. Um, In that third-round picks under the current CBA, there is, again, some part of the offset language that teams and agents are battling about uh, and trying to negotiate every little crossing of the T and dotting of the I on, which leads to, for whatever reason, the third-round picks kind of holding out or being harder to sign than any other round, including, again, first-round picks. It's not like, like Dwayne Haskins signed his deal, right? Montez Sweat did not. Dwayne Haskins was a higher pick. If it was hard to sign these deals, if they weren't just straight up, I guarantee you Dwayne Haskins wouldn't sign his deal. But the Redskins gave Dwayne Haskins whatever he was looking for, I would assume, in terms of the offset language and all that, so that he was more than willing to sign it. Again, they may not be willing to do that for Montez Sweat. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Eric Schaefer is thinking and how Eric Schaefer is negotiating under the also guys, uh, guys is the wrong word, under the leadership, under the advice of Bruce Allen. I'm not sure. Um, But the bottom line is, is third round picks, for whatever reason, under this CBA have always been tricky because of, again, as it's been explained to me, this offset contractual uh, lingo. and. I wouldn't be surprised to see McLaurin kind of take a little while. Again, maybe they'll be able to get it done over the weekend. I'm not sure. It's not that big of a deal, to be quite honest with you. I think Terry McLaurin will be uh, in training camp and will be with the Redskins for much of uh, the you know much of the offseason, if not the entire offseason. But again, you have this situation where those two are unsigned, and maybe it's for the same reasons. Again, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't hit the panic button or anything like that. Here's the good news, uh, I suppose. Both will be eligible to participate and will take to the field uh, this weekend for the first time during the rookie minicamp at Redskins Park. Uh, So that'll be a good thing uh, for them to get them actually on the field. Unfortunately, Saturday is the only day open to the media And I cannot attend because of a previous scheduling issue with my job, uh, my regular job here at 106.7 The Fan. 
I have to host right during the middle of practice, so I cannot be there. All I can go by is based on whatever video I see and based on whatever reports I see, and I'm sure there will be plenty of reports emanating uh, from Redskins Park, so we will try and uh, keep you up to date as best we possibly can, and I hope to make uh, the next availability so we can tell you how some of the Redskins rookies uh, actually look. But you have that situation, right? And again, by getting Haskins in the fold even before the rookie minicamp, you have a situation where you don't have any drama in terms of that at all, right? There's no potential story because there's already, I guess, some concern and some worries uh, about some of the things that have gone on behind the scenes, his dad making some interesting comments, how controlling they are. Uh, are they getting into a, a another example of a headstrong family that battles the Redskins and the coaching staff over uh, everything? There's already, already been the reports, and again, I've been told, uh, we've been upfront and honest, I don't know if these people are lying, but they're either lying to everyone or they're lying... Uh, you know, to no one, which is probably the case, uh, that Jay Gruden and several members of the coaching staff and several members of the personnel staff would have preferred to have Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins um, and would have preferred to have an edge pass rusher at 15 over, again, Dwayne Haskins, who they feel is going to take longer to develop in a year that they don't quite honestly have that long. They may not make the year, depending on who we're talking about. Uh, that doesn't mean that they don't have any hope for Dwayne Haskins. That doesn't mean that they don't have any plans for Dwayne Haskins. They have no choice, quite honestly. And they would be dumb and naive to not get him up to speed as quickly as they can because he represents their best chance. But I was told as recently as Wednesday, you know, Jay Gruden is still frustrated. Still very frustrated. That message has not changed over the last couple of months. He is feeling certainly pressure for his job, as he should. He realizes his boss, Bruce Allen, reasserted his power and authority. Jay is a stubborn, prideful guy who feels he probably hasn't been given enough weapons, enough tools, enough reign, enough power, enough control to ultimately truly determine his destiny when you combine that with the injuries and all that. And he's got some legitimate points. He's got a legitimate beef. But how much longer can you give him? I mean, Jay even knows this. I haven't talked to Jay about this personally, but Jay's not a dummy. He realizes that you can make up whatever excuses you want for injuries, 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 two years now in a row. Injuries, if we didn't have the injuries, we'd be a lot closer. We'd be in the playoffs, this, that, and the other thing. We'd be a contender, all this stuff. You can make up that. You can't do it three years in a row. It's not going to work. And again, Bruce Allen reasserted his power when they fired Brian LaFamina and his crew. Now, that doesn't mean Bruce Allen is safe forever, but certainly Jay Gruden is much, much, much more in the firing line than Bruce Allen entering this year. So Jay is looking around and saying, whoa, wait a second. Again, getting me a quarterback that doesn't help me win right away week one is not really a help to me. I might not be around to see him develop. But if Jay is, if we're being totally honest, while I get Jay's point, 
here's where Jay has to change his perspective. Jay has to change his perspective in that I have to coach who I am given. And I have to make them the best they can possibly be. And if Jay can somehow, some way, maximize what talent he's been given, and if they can somehow, through a very, very, very tough month plus of the schedule, come out three and three, four and three, something like that, if they can be five and four at the bye, then Jay is going to look pretty good, I think. Not absolutely certain that would be the case, but Jay is going to look pretty good if they can come out of a very, very, very tough opening month of the season again. And then even after that, at four and four, five and four, whatever the week we're talking about, Jay's going to look good. So that's what Jay should be focusing on, not being blamed. That's what he should be focusing on. And having Dwayne Haskins contractually locked up now, whether he wanted him originally or not, whether he's still not happy, I don't know. Again, heard a bunch of things. Look, that might not change. But he's a professional. He's got to do his best to get Dwayne Haskins ready. He can't be looking at it as, well, I'm going to get blamed. That's not the right way to go about it. And it's a natural human tendency to do that, but it's not the right way to go about it. Get it done. Get it going right now. Look past some of the off-the-field type questions, the marketing, uh, you know, some of those things. And just worry about what you can control. And what you can control is making Dwayne Haskins as ready as possible to get him on the field as quickly as possible because your chances to win go up. Even if you don't think he's ready right now, even if you think he's far away, your chances of winning go up. All right, we're going to end that right there. Again, by the time you listen to this, maybe McLaren and Montez Sweat are signed. If not, don't worry about it. They will be signed pretty quickly. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 226. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is episode number 226 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast. So this got quite the buzz on Thursday. ESPN.com put out something they call their Mega NFL Projections. Likely Super Bowl 54 matchups, 2020 draft order, and more. And they went through it um, piece by piece and who's the favorites and the football uh, power index and so on and so forth uh, with their prediction model, which they call FPI and preseason ratings uh, and Vegas totals and so on and so forth, right? So the Washington Redskins are projected according to – all of the ESPN.com models. The Washington Redskins are projected to win 6.2 games on the season. Again, through their mathematical formula and what have you. 
They have a 10% chance, according to ESPN.com. Let's just label it that because we can get into all these acronyms and whatnot. Uh, A 10% chance of making the playoffs. A 6% chance of winning the NFC East. And a less than 1% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Just so you know, the range of wins projected by this model is 10.3 at the top for the Kansas City Chiefs. And 5.6 for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Actually, you know what? 5.5 for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, That is the lowest team. I don't know why that was uh, out of order. But in terms of the teams right around the Washington Redskins, again, projected for 6.2 wins, uh, that places them ahead of only... um, only a couple of teams, uh, quite honestly. And, you know, like while that can be infuriating to some fans, again, you should remember that all of these analytics, all of these numbers really don't mean anything because so many things will change. As a matter of fact, like, for instance, the Redskins, again, at the 6.2, are only ahead of the Arizona Cardinals at 5.5, as we mentioned, the Miami Dolphins at 5.6, the Cincinnati Bengals at 6.0. That's it. Three teams. So, essentially, they are regarded as the, what, 28th best team in the league? I guess it would be the 29th best team. Whatever it is. You know what? I don't care. Who cares? These things are never right. Projections and predictions and models and numbers and analytics, they are almost never right. Almost never right. Let the season play out. I think the Redskins are going to be better than whatever projections and models you are going to see. Now, I could be totally wrong. The Redskins could easily finish 6-10 and 10 with enormous amount of injuries, with bad quarterback play, with whatever circumstance. You know, if they fire Jay Gruden after a tough start and things are just completely... They could easily be 6-10. and ten. I'm not a dummy. I'm not a fool. I understand. But they could easily be 9-7, and seven too, if a lot of things break right. What I don't see the Redskins doing is being two extremes. I don't see them being a 10- or 11-win team. I also don't see them being a 3- or 4-win team. Would it shock me if they went 6-10? and 10? No, it wouldn't shock me. It would surprise me a little bit, quite honestly. Unless, again, they have... Just massive, egregious injuries again. But I think they're better equipped to handle it this year. You might scoff at Case Keenum, but don't scoff at Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, and we all know Alex Smith is going to miss the year, so you can't count him. But they have three competent quarterbacks, whereas last year they had two, only two at a time because they were so ill-prepared and because they subscribe to the dumb theory that you don't have to have a third quarterback. As I said for two years now, when they lost Nate Sudfeld, you do have to have a third quarterback because what happens when your starting quarterback, i.e. Alex Smith, has a terrible, terrible injury, and then the backup quarterback goes in, Colt McCoy, and if there's nobody else in the building, if there's nobody else even on the practice squad, nobody else learning your terminology, you have to go sign a guy off the streets, i.e. Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson. Well, those guys might have some familiarity with the system, but they don't know the players. They don't know the 
coaching points. They don't know the things that they've been. And then they're asked to learn all of that and game plan and help game plan or help learn the game plan for an opponent, especially on a short week, which is what happened last year because that injury happened against Houston the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and then the Redskins found themselves back on the field four and a half days later. So I can't control injuries, but here's what I can control. The Redskins are better at the quarterback position this year with Haskins, no doubt about it, Case Keenum, no doubt about it, and Colt McCoy versus last year's plan of Alex Smith and Colt McCoy. And then when Alex Smith went out, Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez, or Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson. They are, without a doubt, without a doubt, better at the quarterback position. They are deeper at the running back position. Geis, Adrian Peterson back, draft Bryce Love. Again, Bryce Love probably not going to participate until the second half of the season, if at all. Chris Thompson, Samaj P. Ryan. I still don't know about Byron Marshall. He's kind of out there. The Redskins seem to hold him in higher regard than many people do. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I think the Redskins are better at wide receiver than most people think they are. I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying that they're good enough. Clearly, they're not. But with the additions of McLaurin and Harmon, along with, hopefully, Paul Richardson coming back healthy, hopefully, And he hasn't been able to stay healthy in his career. But when he did, in his final year in Seattle, he was great. Explosive speed. Tough catch ability. Can go up in the air and and climb a ladder and pluck a ball out out of the air. Tough contested catches for a smaller, diminutive guy. And their offensive line is at least deeper. And we know their defense is better, right? You add Montez Sweat. You have that good defensive line. For now, you have Reuben Foster. If Reuben Foster doesn't work out, you still have Mason Foster. Then you have the young buck, Cole Holcomb, who they drafted. They have some depth, finally. Finally, at corner. Right? They don't have great answers at corner, but they have some depth. Dominique Rogers, Cromartie. Quentin Dunbar, if he can come back healthy, if Josh Norman is still here, which I think he will be, but I'm not 100% sure, as we've talked about all offseason. Youngsters, Greg Stroman, Adonis Alexander, maybe Danny Johnson still. At safety, sure, you have plenty of questions at the free safety, but at least you have guys with some speed in Troy Apke, DeShazer Everett, and, of course, if Monte Nicholson can ever get his head out of his you-know-what, the Redskins are better than they were last year. Quite honestly, they're better than they were last year. Most people are going to say they're not. They're better. They won seven games last year. They should have won eight at least. I think this is an eight-win team. I'd be surprised if they're not an eight-win team, quite honestly. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be surprised. So I think the Redskins easily bang the over, 6.2. I guess the Vegas odds makers have it at 6.5 on the over-under. The Redskins with a 10% chance of making the playoffs, I would say it's a better chance than that. I would say it's probably 20-ish percent, maybe 25%, somewhere in that range. What I would agree with this ESPN poll is they have a less than 1% chance. Look, they're not winning a Super Bowl. Neither are the Raiders, who they're tied with in this category, the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bills, the Giants. 
the Arizona Cardinals, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Miami Dolphins. None of those teams are winning a Super Bowl. The Cleveland Browns only have a 3% chance of winning the Super Bowl, and everybody's talking about them. Right? A 3% chance. But then again, you know, these numbers shouldn't surprise you a little bit because everybody is going to look at the questions and they're going to diminish Case Keenum. And I'm telling you, Case Keenum is going to be better than people think he is going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but he's going to be better than people are going to give him credit for. And I do believe, much like I believe last year, and again, we saw it eroded with the dramatic amount of injuries, but they still had enough to get seven wins, to squeeze seven wins. Uh, Fairly impressive, quite honestly, with all the injuries. I think they have better depth this year, better chance this year to overcome even a good amount of injuries. Maybe not a dramatic rash, but a good amount of injuries. And certainly they are better at the quarterback position, period. All right, we'll come back and we'll close up shop right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is episode number 226. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter and at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Good to have you with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Guys, it's Chris Russell here for ZipRecruiter.com. You know, it's always challenging to get a good job, to get any kind of job. Trust me, I know. It's also hard to find the right person to hire for the job that you actually have. It takes a long time, too many applications, uh, too many things, too many phone calls, emails that you have to deal with. It's just not worth it, right? Hiring is a challenge, but there's one place where you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place that's growing businesses and connecting them to qualified candidates. That place is ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. That's right, ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. Hiring doesn't need to be hard. Now, ZipRecruiter takes care of everything for you. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. Powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find the person with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. It's not over from that point. The applications come in. ZipRecruiter also analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, so you never miss a great match. It's very, very easy. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back. Episode number 226. So finishing up on that ESPN.com mega predictions uh, module and column and feature. Uh, When it comes to next year's draft, meaning the 2020 draft, as you know, the Arizona Cardinals had the number one pick overall. They have the greatest percent chance, 16% of landing the number one pick for a second consecutive 
year in a row despite drafting Kyler Murray. They have a 53% chance of being in the top five. The Washington Redskins, according to this ESPN Power Index poll, have a 9% chance of landing the number one overall pick and a 38% chance of being in the top five of next year, the 2020 NFL Draft. That's right in the middle of the team's And what we're talking about is the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Giants, the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Oakland Jets, Detroit. Again, I disagree with that. I'd be very surprised if the Redskins are in the top five. In terms of schedule, you know, the Redskins have a pretty easy schedule. Uh, based on winning percentage from last year, and again, nothing ever stays the same. I think they take on the second lowest combined winning percentage. According to ESPN, the five easiest 2019 schedules, <laughs> go figure. The New England Patriots, who, of course, come to FedEx Field in early October uh, at the easiest schedule. They won the Super Bowl. How that works, I don't know. The New York Jets in the same division, 31 The Buffalo Bills in the same division, 30. I guess a lot of that is because of the Dolphins and the NFC East portion of their schedule that they face. The Philadelphia Eagles, a team from the NFC East, and the New York Giants. So you have five teams from both Eastern divisions with the easiest schedule. Kind of weird. All right, we'll have more on this and other stuff in the next edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Uh, including we have to get back to our series on getting to know all the Redskins' new draft picks. Uh, Again, wanted to bring you all the news and some of the information from this mega NFL projections uh, chart that ESPN.com put out. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, it is episode number 226. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend, everyone. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.